Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. I am your host, Felipe Melicio, and with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? I am good. I am making it. I have a baby shower to go to later. Not for me. Don't, don't freak out, people. It's not for me. Um, but yeah, just dealing with all these crazy temperature changes, allergies. But hey, we're, we're going to talk playoffs, so that's what we're here for. Yeah, and uh, uh, Jacob and uh, Austin. Uh, on the Thursday show, they went uh, a little bit more in depth in each series that has gone so far. Uh, so we're not going to repeat. We're not going to do a repeat show. But what we're going to do is we're going to go through every playoff series and go through every team performance and every individual performance and see if we can pick one hitter and one pitcher that made a big difference uh, for the respective teams, unsung names. So, you know, we all know who uh, Manny Machado is. We all know who Juan Soto is. We all know who Zach, F, um, Zach Wheeler is. But so we're, we're, we're going to stray away from those names. We're going to see if we can find uh, lesser known players that uh, came up big in this uh, in their respective playoff series that have gone on so far. And without further ado, we begin things with the Phillies and the St. Louis Cardinals. I will be doing hitters. Sean will be doing pitchers. Sean, do you have a pitcher for me for the Philadelphia Phillies in that wild card series? Yes, we do. We have Mr. Sir Anthony Dominguez, um, who is he's, he's pretty the, good. Yeah, who's going to be the pick for uh, Philadelphia? You know, bullpen was a huge kind of question mark. Uh, had been historically bad for the Phillies the last few years, uh, but during that time, Sir Anthony Dominguez really—I mean, he was a wall. He had Tommy John had a little bit of issues coming back from Tommy John, uh, missed half of 2019, all of 2020, and only pitched in one game in 2021 uh, before coming back this year. Um, and kind of picked up right where he left off, three ERA, which was solid. Uh, 61 strikeouts, 51 innings. Uh, he always had elite stuff. Uh, he's 27 now, so still pretty young. And if the Phillies are going to go further, like they look like they might, uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez is going to be a huge part of that. All right, and on the opposite side of the um, uh, of the of the spectrum here, in terms of the Phillies hitters, I'm going to go with Alec Baum. Uh, Alec Baum, as you know, Sean, as we both know, uh, highly touted prospect for the Phillies. Which, I mean, respectively speaking, right? These, I, I, I don't remember him being a like a highly touted. Overall, major league baseball prospect. Yeah, he he was, he, he was yeah. Top, I mean, top thirty, right? Was he? Yeah, because he he was number three overall pick in I think twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. He was okay. he was like a top four pick, top three pick. I don't know, man. The Phillies they they sometimes hit or they sometimes crash and burn with their prospects, but and and Baum has been a disappointment uh, to say the least uh, since he's been brought up. Although he had a little a little bit of a bounce back season this year, um, he started to be a little bit more consistent. The batting average went up. Uh, to 280. I forgot what it was last year. I just remember that he was atrocious and did not yeah. live up to all the expectations, but little bit baby steps improvements. And in this series, uh, he went two for five uh, with an on-base percentage of 625 and had the highest, yes, he did win, no, second highest win probability added. But Sean, he also had the highest, no, never mind, second highest to Gene Segura. So yeah, Gene Segura came up clutch in this series. But Alec Baum had the second highest championship win probability added for offensive player, which is the uh, given average uh, teams. This is the change in probability displayed on a percentage point, a change of plus minus 100% would indicate one World Series win added or lost. 
Alec Baum is going to win the Phillies a championship, right? That's what it's basically <laughs> saying. And what was the big play that got him that, you know, all that win probability added for him? Uh, it was, let's see, it was uh, top of the ninth in game one. The Phillies are down 2 nothing. Yeah, that was the, the ninth inning comeback. And Baum gets hit by a pitch, which was good enough. <laughs> That's all it takes, man. That's all it takes. One hit by pitch and you are a a WIPA champion. Clutch. Clutch (laughs) A clutch clutch hit by pitch. (laughs) With the bases loaded, gets hit by a pitch. Real Mudo scores. Harper to third. Casanas to second. How many runs did they end up scoring that inning? Four or five? I forget. Uh, I mean, oh, yes, yes, yes. That was the oh, there, there was six. They, they scored six in the top of the ninth. Oh, yeah, God. Well, yeah, well, that, Bob that, got it started. That rally starting uh, hit by pitch. Yeah, so that's what happened there. And over on the Cardinals, what is there to say? Not much for them, really. Everybody was a total failure. I guess Juan Yepes got the big hit. Uh, he yeah. went two for five in this series with a 400 on base percentage, a 1,000 slug, uh, the highest win probability added as well of all the teams. Uh, and then for some reason I got called out uh, mostly by Melvin in our private chats, because apparently I was been talking not very well of Juan Yepes, which I don't remember. I just thought that he was just a whatever low level prospect for the Cardinals. But I mean, I, I did tell someone in, in fan in, in a private message uh, was asking between Juan Yepes and somebody from the Astros. I forgot the guy's name. And I told him, well, Juan Yepes looks like he's more of a quote-unquote sure thing for this season. And the other guy seems to be a more of a long-term project. So just go with Juan Yepes. And sure and enough. It was a Jeremy Pena? No, it, no, oh. it wasn't. It was oh. somebody, No, it was lower than that. Lower oh, than Jeremy wow. Pena. Much lower. So, I mean, I mean, these guys are you – might, you might know who it is. I mean, I don't want to mention names. Also, I was, well, no, I'm saying like the, the Houston player. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying that you might know who this oh. person is, but I don't want to mention that person since uh, you know reasons. <laughs> but I am, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost 100 sure that he was part of your 30 team, um, your 30 team oh. league. Wow. So he had Juan Yepes and some Astros minor league player. Who do you, was, Do you remember who the Astros player was? I cannot. Oh. I, it's it's driving me crazy. I mean, I could, Boo. I could, but maybe maybe you know context clues. Maybe you can figure out whoever had yeah. one Yepes had a yeah. Houston Astros player that they had to drop for this season. Um, <laughs> but Yepes uh, at one point was okay. I guess he was the 14th ranked uh, Cardinals prospect, but he was like low, low level, like afterthought. I I didn't even know about Juan Yepes, but the thing about him was that he can have decent amount of power. But yeah, he had a, a huge minor. He had a huge minor league season last year uh, in Memphis, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, in 2021, a 971 OPS over 92 games, 22 home runs, 25 doubles. And he didn't make it right out of the gate this year. He he still played 50 games in AAA this year, um, had another 921 OPS going uh, before he got called up. And uh, I mean, in 274 plate appearances, 12 home runs, 13 doubles. Uh, doesn't seem to be a huge OBP guy, uh, only 296 on base as a Cardinal this year, but definitely one of those guys, big guys that has the kind of natural bat to ball skill. Um, and th- and that's always like an interesting profile for a bigger guy who does have power. Um, and of course he, he came up big in that game. He hit the home run, but alas, it was, uh, not enough. No, I mean, and it was a big hit, like you mentioned, but uh, I, the Phillies were on a mission. Uh, so yeah. and they had a guy, Phillies had a guy who got hit by a pitch to start the rally. So 
So that's all the difference. What well, about your, well, uh, was that the rally or was that the uh, he, he, it was the bases were loaded at that point, I think. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, because yeah, Helsey, Helsey blew I'm, up. <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah. joking. I'm joking. I know, I know. It was I, a clutch I, hit by pitch. Yeah, I did mention that all the other runners had to move one base because of that. So, yeah. um, uh, okay, who's your pitcher? Uh, the pitcher, uh, slim pickings here, Felipe, trying to pick a pitcher or out of a series in which only one, two, three, four, five, six guys pitched. And out of those six, half of them gave up runs. Um, I went with Giovanni Gallegos. Um, Ryan Helsey, of course, was their elite late inning reliever this year. Um, but he was the one that let him down when it really counted the most. Uh, Gallegos pitched in two straight games um, in both or in both the games. Went two and a third, didn't give up any hits, only one walk. So I'd say he probably had the most success out of any Cardinals pitcher that series. I'm so, who was the name again? I'm sorry. G- G- Giovanni Gallegos. Ah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I was looking at the the rest of the stuff there with the Cardinals, and I see that. Uh, it, it, oh, okay. I see. Yeah, Gallegos also had the lowest whip. You're right about um, about that. Uh, no, I was th- I was looking at Jose Quintana as well, that he also had a decent performance. Yeah, he, and that he was had a good, good start, yeah. 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 So I thought uh, you kind of threw me a curveball when you mentioned uh, the relief pitcher. I thought that would be your one starter. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to look at the name, right, from the Astros. It's, it's some guy named Leon. And unfortunately, uh, uh, Pedro Leon? Maybe. Uh, uh, yeah. Middle infielder? Middle yeah, infielder. yeah. I, he's been converted to, like, outfield, and he's just not very good. But, yeah, oh, okay. that, that's a person. That's so, that is he used to he was like a huge um prospect for a little bit from Cuba, I believe. Sounds right. Oh yep. well, there's your other clue, yep, right? Yep, so, yep, 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 yep. It's always the guy, it's always the guy who wants all the Cubans on his team, including <laughs> Nick Castellanos and <laughs> trading away first and second round uh, picks from Nick Castellanos. And yeah, speaking of the Phillies, uh what did he do anything in that series? Does it matter? Oh, uh, Nick Castellanos, uh, he had a couple of hits, I believe. Um, maybe not in this series. He went uh one for no, he went oh for seven. It's the next series that he he did pretty he's done pretty well in. Okay. Oh, and I forget Yepes is from Venezuela. I so it's not always about the Cubans with this guy, but okay. <laughs> uh the hitters, uh the hitters for the oh sorry, the next series, Mariners versus uh who they play, the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. Yeah, that was uh that was an afterthought after after a while, but I guess the big the big bat in this series that people may not recognize Cal Raleigh. There you go. Big dumper, big dumper. I think, didn't we talk about him last week as well? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Four, four, eight, big one, big home run, three RBI, uh, 0.31 win probability added. So what was the big hit that he did? It was, ah, it was a couple of hits. Wow. Okay. I see game one. The Mariners are ahead one, nothing on the top of the, in the top of the first and he has a home run and a two-run home run, actually, off of Alec Manoa. And then the next one, game two, tied in the top of the ninth. The game is tied 9-9, and he hits a double to center field. Um, oh, okay, so he he got himself on on board to, uh, I'm sure, what, the, the uh, Mariners won 10-9 in that game? Yes. yes. So I guess he was a game-winning run, perhaps? Uh, they might have pinch run for him. They did not pinch run for him, but yes. Oh, wow. He, and he scored three of his team's 10 runs that day. Oh, wow. So he's 30%. Mm-hmm. Mr. 30%. Who's your Mr. pitcher? Catch oh, up the wheels. Oh, uh, <laughs> right here. Uh, the pitcher for Seattle. 
uh, was going to be another relief pitcher. Go figure. All of them are relief pitchers, guys. Hey, man, uh, relief the, pitchers the, are important the, in 2020. The things I do for you um, <laughs> is going to be Matt Brash. Um, only pitched in one game in the series, but I kind of combined the wild cards and the, the DS series, so we can kind of break it down each way. Um, I was just looking at total numbers when Felipe asked me, but Matt Brash. So he was the top prospect that they ca- uh, called up as a starter earlier in the year and had some severe control problems, but a, a, yeah. one of the best sliders in baseball um, went back down to the minor leagues for a month and a half, two months. And then they called him back up and used him strictly as a reliever. And uh, he pitched lights out, uh, came into the series, obviously pitched well enough to pitch himself back into the the playoff roster. And uh, that entire Seattle bullpen was uh, very, very good. And a, a huge reason why they el- eliminated Toronto and Matt Brash was a part of it. He pitched one game, got one strikeout this series. Um, but yeah, Matt Brash. No, a special shout out to Angel Morales, who's uh, up and early this morning out of Utah. Uh, he's uh, not having the best of time in fantasy basketball. Uh, oh. His nickname, his nickname is Bad Luck Angel, and <laughs> he actually has a pretty damn good team this year. He was a second pick overall uh, in this year's draft, so he got himself a really nice player uh, to match up with his three keepers. Unfortunately, he's playing a guy who uh, is scoring a lot of points this week, so. The bad luck continues with this poor guy. <laughs> uh, my hitter. Oh, you know, Matt Brash is a guy uh, that Austin and I, when we were doing our projections this past offseason, we looked at him like, hey, look at this guy. It kind of it, it kind of was the similar feelings that we got out of Spencer Strider. Like, hey, let's keep an eye on this guy. He might yeah. be something good. But Matt Brash was on the precipice of being that number five, even number six uh, starting pitcher. And I and I believe, did uh, did he come out of the uh, out of spring training? Did you mention that already? He, he was still a starter at that point. Uh, made his first start at the major league level. Oh, maybe. Okay, so he pitched five and a third on April 12th. So, Okay, so yeah. So I guess that would have been. Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, uh, for all the reasons you mentioned, uh, he was picked up on a lot of my league. So I could I didn't get a chance to pick up. Up. Plus, I think at that point, the Mariners were going six man rotation. So, yeah, that's okay. That, that sounds a whole a lot more right now so it's kind of hard to trust a guy you know that will um that you can count on in the first couple of weeks in fantasy baseball especially if you're playing in crazy leagues like ours where it's either weekly or um or semi-weekly so you don't know when he's going to be penciling as a starter but uh yeah he was taken up and for all the reasons you mentioned and unfortunately you mentioned the control issues and that kind of was his downfall but yeah he was somebody that we were keeping an eye on because we kind of like what the projections has said about him and everything else that went with uh, being Matt Brash. My hitter for the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, Sean. I, I, I'm going to go with Matt Chapman. I know he's a well-known name at this point, but he's also a name that has uh, kind of been fallen from grace. He hit 229 uh, this season with a 757 ops, which is not what uh, you would have expected. Now, people will say, well, he did hit 27 home runs. Yeah, but he was, you know, he was not consistent. Yeah. Yeah, Which has been the problem. I mean, the, the, I don't think yeah. we've ever doubted the power. It's just been that the the hit tool kind of completely dropped off. And he, I don't, I don't think he was ever going to be a, a great average hitter. Like 250, 260 was kind of what we were getting from him. Yeah. But I, I definitely wasn't expecting, you know, the, the 210s, the 220s that we've seen from him the last few years. Yeah. And it's just really disappointing because uh, he would probably be one of the best all around third basemen. Uh, yeah in all of baseball, if he could just uh, 
be more consistent offensively. I mean, he, I mean, I guess he is consistent. He had 27 home runs last year. He has 27 home runs this year, but the strikeout <laughs> rate did drop, but it's still above 25%, which is always a red flag for me. Uh, but it did drop from, uh, let's see here from, Oh, what the hell am I looking at? Are those, are they, Oh my God, they're including playoff numbers, aren't they? Fangraphs is. Oh yeah. On their, uh, the, the yellowed, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their playoff numbers. Oh, that's new. Okay, no, no, they've had they've had that. Really? I, this yeah. is the first time I'm seeing this yeah, during right. the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. It must be my settings that are always uh, defaulted to just the regular season numbers and and well, they they turn them on on their end, but you yeah, can turn clearly. them on um on your end at any time. Right above the little, uh, yeah. there should be a little postseason. You click on that and it'll drop down their postseason numbers. Which... I did click on that, but the 2022 playoff numbers stayed intact, so that, that's oh. kind of wild. But here it is: uh, twenty the, in 2020 and 2021, uh, Chapman went over 30 percent strikeout rate, and then this year he went to 27.4 percent strikeout rate. So there's little improvements. Progress on <laughs> progress. The on base percentage went up, but only to 324, yeah. which is not what we would expect from a guy with Matt Chapman's. Uh, talents i guess yeah it's it's kind of the profile and i hate to say this because i really like matt chapman and i think he has the potential because he's had like high walk rate seasons in the past i'm looking at his reference page so i couldn't tell you what his walk rate is uh felipe if you have his fan graphs up let me know um yeah it's always double it's been double digits the last yeah so uh, so it's kind of it's you look at the end numbers and you see something that appears very much javier bias uh but then yeah Javier Baez, I don't think can give you that kind of walk rate. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying outside of the walk rate, but like oh, at the, oh, okay, the end okay. result numbers, the average, the on base, the slug, and the the plus plus defense. Um, it's just I always expected so much more from Chapman after his 2019 season. Really, mm. I mean, both 2018, 2019, which are kind of we see now career years, uh, more than likely. Um, yeah, because yeah, he he like. he was so so good, and it's like you hit 36 home runs in the the coliseum and you're like if only he could get out of the coliseum but also 2019 we know was the juice ball so yeah oh well. everything is skewed everything is in question garbage cans were being used apparently <laughs> buzzers and i mean the coliseum uh, itself is kind of like a trash can so maybe <laughs> he had an inherent advantage there i'm sorry oakland fans but your stadium sucks it, it's the worst everybody knows it's the worst anybody who says otherwise they're just fooling themselves but you know what else i was thinking about uh uh, you know, and, and in 2019, they were also using the pitchers were also using like all sorts of gooey stuff and no. sticky stuff that they shouldn't be using. You know what? It just proves the point that baseball's better when all the players are cheating. <laughs> uh, it, it's better when the league's cheating, too. Hey, here's random baseballs that have helium in them. Go hit dingers. <laughs> go hit dingers. Yeah. Take advantage of that launch angle and we'll pretend that that's because we did a great job of developing these players and <laughs> revolutionizing and using technology to the to our advantage all right here's a name for you how about reese hoskins is matt chapman like the third base version of reese hoskins uh double like, digit like walk, offense, yeah double digit strikeout rates uh minimal on base percentage this year 332 which is better well, than Ch- oh hoskins started swinging a whole lot more this year um, if I remember correctly, but that does seem uh, Hoskins maybe has hit for a little bit of a higher average. Yeah, two forty two forty six. Yeah, two forty. Yeah, and um, Chapman's at two twenty nine. Oh, so. I, if we want to talk about consistency, the last three years, uh, Hoskins two forty five, two forty seven, two forty six. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that, that's been a little bit higher than Chapman's. Um, 
he did start walking less, as you can tell from 19 and 20. Hoskins had the 15, 16% walk rates. He dropped down to 10. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd say Hoskins is better than Chapman. I mean, I, 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 but in comparison, it's pretty similar. I, I, maybe Chapman just has to go to Philly. I, I found one. I found one for you. Giancarlo Stanton, Matt Chapman. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton is a designated hitter version of Matt Chapman. Who was the name? Giancarlo Stanton. Oh. Uh, 30 plus home runs, 31 home runs, double digit walks, 30% strikeout rate this season, 211 batting average versus Chapman's 229. Uh, much lower on base percentage, but let's see. What about the Woba? Woba's at 327 for Stanton and 331 for Chapman. Wait, what the hell is that? Uh, yeah, that is a Woba. What's this other one? That's the expected Woba. I don't want to oh. know about the expected <laughs> Woba. Uh, and now I lost my spot. Oh, uh, 115 WRC plus for Stanton. 117 WRP, WRC plus for um, Chapman. And of course, uh, Stanton gets penalized for not fielding. But that's why I said Giancarlo Stanton is the designated hitter version of Matt Chapman. But yeah, Matt Chapman in this series, three for seven with <laughs> with uh, uh, WPA of 0. 0.08. So it's the minimus, minimus, uh, most minimum of efforts here by Matt Chapman and his big claim to fame. He is on the top 10 place of the series, Sean. Game two, uh, bottom of the ninth, Blue Jays down 10-9 with one out. He takes a walk from George Kirby. <laughs> so we have a clutch walk and a clutch hit by pitch. Is that not clutch, though? These are some exciting playoffs right here. Yeah, and a game of that was 10-9. A walk is able to make a 10 play, statistically speaking. But, you know, everybody wants to know about that clutch factor, clutch, clutch this, clutch that. All of a sudden, everybody's driving manual shifts and uh, transmissions. Mm -hmm. And anyway, what's your your seventh gear here on the Toronto Blue Jays pitcher side of things? That was going to be, and once again, an absolute cluster uh, because they did not pitch well that series. Uh, but I went with uh, I, I picked two names and then Felipe picked one out of the hat. And that was Yimmy <laughs> Garcia. Um, Yimmy Garcia and Adam Simber was the other guy. They're the like only guys that didn't give up runs. Zach Pop only got one out, um, but he didn't give up a run. And Trevor Richards, uh, the nasty change up from the Miami system from all that year, all those years ago. But um, he went one inning as well. But Yimmy and Adam Simber both appeared in two games. Uh, they didn't give up a run. Jimmy gave up one hit, also had one strikeout. Um, and at least they weren't Anthony Bass, who for the 2022 playoffs has a infinity ERA, um, recorded zero outs, gave up three hits, and all three came around to score. All right, let's move on to the Padres and the Mets. Oh, boy, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry, Sean. Yeah. Well, obviously the big name here, uh, the guy who showed up big for the Padres was Trent Grisham. Yep. Um I, <laughs> You know, uh, he went four for eight, uh, two home runs, three RBI, uh, tw- two walks, <laughs> two walks, 1917 ops. Yeah. Uh, after, this is a guy who hit a dollar 84 uh, batting average this season, yep. but he showed up big in this playoff series. It's always those unknown names, man. That's why I'm doing this. Uh, that's why I'm doing this. And let's see. He shows up one, two, two times. In the top ten plays, game three was a big one. Uh, both of both of them as home runs, I'm assuming. Uh, no, hold on oh. now. Game in game three, top of the fourth, the Padres already up two nothing. Oh and yeah. And there's a runner on second base. He hits a single to center field, and Ha Sung Kim scores. And then the other one was probably the home run. Guess it was. Game two, top of the third. Uh, Trent Grisham off Jacob Degrom. Whoa! 
Mm-hmm. I forgot about who was pitching. I, just, he, I remember he, the whole he run. Took, he took both Max and uh, Degrom deep in back-to-back games. Then he had that RBI hit in Game Three. Well, based on this sample size, clearly Trent Grisham was better than both of those guys. Trent sure. Grisham rakes, man. It's like I I'll always like Trent Grisham, and he was just yeah. so bad this year. Yeah. And I just kind of I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm not in on Trent Grisham anymore. Yeah. And then he goes and he just strafes us in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, you look at the three guys that had over a thousand OPS in that series: Yurikson, yeah. Profar, Austin Nola, and Trent Grisham. Yeah, like that. Th- those were the guys that killed you. Manny Machado didn't kill you. I mean, he had one or he had the one home run. Uh, once Soto, geez, <laughs> had four singles. Uh, but you held them in check. Josh Bell didn't do much. He had one home run in the first game. That was it. Um, but then yeah. you got absolutely knocked around by Trent Grisham, Hassan Kim, Austin Nola, Jerks, and Profar. Like, oh my God, that was the worst part of that. But about that series, yeah, that's usually what it comes down to. I mean, when I was, this is where the the inspiration to this this um this exercise comes from. When I was a young fan, Sean, back in the nineties, in nineteen ninety two. Uh, I guess it was the Braves versus the Pirates in the National uh, the National League Championship Series. And so we got some big names, right, Sean? You remember. I, I'm pretty sure you're young, but you, I'm pretty sure you, you remember those 90s Braves teams, right, with the big-name pitchers, the big-name hitters. And even yep. in 92, that was the year Barry Bonds was on the Pirates, Doug Drabeck, Andy Van Slyke, um, Jay Bell, Jeff King, all these big names, right? And I... Every damn time this one guy, this pesky little pissant of a player would go up and, and hit. I think it was Tim McCarver just couldn't stop talking about him just constantly. And that guy was second baseman for the Atlanta Braves, Mark Lemke. Oh. <laughs> constantly talking about how great Mark Lemke is and how amazing he is and how clutch he's been in the series. And I, I don't know if it's true or not. I've never to this day have looked at, into that 92 National League uh, NLCS, I should say. Um, because I remember Mark Lemke in the regular season, he wasn't all that. I mean, he was a solid second baseman defender and whatnot, but to McCarver used to just glowingly talk about him. So maybe, maybe, you know what, maybe today's the day I'll do that while you talk about your, uh, Padres pitcher. Who's your Padres pitcher here? Padres pitcher. This was probably the one that was hardest to do, but for the right reasons in that in their two series so far. They've gotten great relief pitching. I mean, everyone that has come out of their bullpen up until kind of the last couple of games uh, has done really well. Um, yeah. But the one I'm going to have to go to here, uh, I really wanted to do Robert Suarez, the the man of the 100 mile an hour fastball. Um, but I'm going with Nick Martinez. Uh, he has let me had all of his postseason stuff right here. Um, so far, this is his first time in the playoffs, and. Um, in the postseason so far combined, as a relief pitcher, he's gone 11 innings, uh, which is kind of um, absurd uh, for a relief pitcher. Um, he pitched two and two-thirds in the wild card, uh, two and a third in the NLDS. First is L.A., uh, gave up no runs, struck out three against L.A. And, and so may far, I add, yeah. may I add that Go Martinez was a starting pitcher for the Padres for a little bit here this season. So Yeah, like, I, he did. Like, I want to say he had a couple of – it wasn't really like openers, but it was, he did start, I believe. Yes. No, he did. Like at the beginning, oh, of the season, really? he was starting uh, every oh. five games for the Padres before they realized that like, he probably is better off. And I think they were trying to uh, give some time to Mike Clevenger 
and maybe even give the Nelson Lamette some starts as well, if I remember uh, correctly. Okay. But Martinez was definitely a part of the five-man rotation until they realized that he might be better off in the bullpen, which turns out, smart call by the Padres. Yeah, and he's only continued this run of excellence in the playoffs uh, against Philadelphia. He's gone six innings, allowed only one hit in a, in three games. This isn't just like one game started. Uh, but yeah, six innings, one hit allowed, no walks, eight strikeouts. So you're looking at, I, I feel like one of the better relief pitcher playoff runs, and unfortunately it's probably going to end soon with Philadelphia up now 3-1, but he's appeared in seven games, 11 innings, only three hits allowed, no or one walk, three hits, one earned run, 11 strikeouts. Um, really good postseason for Nick Martinez, and he deserves it kind of being the 31-year-old nobody who hasn't pitched in baseball since 2017. Yeah, great story there. Um, yeah. And also, uh, I was going to say, uh, to clarify, Sean saying 3-1, uh, the Phillies at this moment are one game away from the World Series. They are leading the San Diego Padres three games to one. Not that they're playing right now and their Phillies are up 3-1 on the score here. No, it's three games to one Phillies on the precipice of making it into the, cha- uh, to the World Series. Okay, uh, 1992, right? Really quick, Mark Lemke in that series versus the Pirates, 7-21 seven, seven for 21 with oh. a double. Two RBI, five walks, three strikeouts, 333 uh, batting average, 462 on base percentage, 381 slug, and a 0.09 WPA. So I don't know where this guy was, but I swear to God, he was just constantly talking about it. Maybe he it was, was a pre- he was, was the David previous- Eckstein of 1992. <laughs> yeah, and people World Eckstein. World Series MVP David Eckstein. How did maybe it was in 91 where McCarver fell in love with him? So, 91, the Braves were also, yeah, Braves and Pirates, same two teams, also uh, in the playoffs uh, in the National League, uh, NLCS. And I don't see Mark Lemke's name anywhere here. So, all right, so maybe it's just 92, but I, oh, there he is, Mark Lemke. Uh, no, not as good of a NLCS as maybe it was a World Series, but anyway, uh, Lemke uh, was not a very good player, uh, that <laughs> season. Uh, what did he do that season? And I'm now I'm See when you get me on these rabbit holes, two twenty-seven <laughs> batting average, six eleven ops. Yeah, so, he, he was not good. I, I looked up the numbers when you're talking about him. <laughs> and I was, yeah. Uh, what else do we got to talk about? Uh, moving back to the present, the Mets, the Mets hitter. So I got to pick a hitter now. Okay, so I was distracted by this whole Mark Lemke thing, but uh, <laughs> oh, Francisco Alvarez uh, actually played. I thought he was hurt. Yeah, he he got one at bat. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, not a lot of guys that I want to pick from, but I guess Brandon Nimmo then. I know who we, people know who Brandon Nimmo is, but he did go four for 12. He dealt the Mets in this series with four hits, uh, had a 885 ops with a 0.09 WPA. So he did show up. Did he show up on the top 10 plays? Oh, he did. Sean, look at that. Oh, really? Brandon Nimmo, top 10 play, uh, clutch performance. Game two, bottom of the four, tied 1-1. One out, runners on first and second. He Nemo singles to left field off Blake Snell. Ooh, lefty lefty matchup. Yep. And Eduardo Escobar scores, and Darren Ruff goes to second base. So good for him, Brandon Nemo. I, I that's a that's kind of on the you know not an elite name, but it's also not an unsung hero. It's somewhere in the middle. But it's good to see Nemo having a really good season this year. Um, and his approach coming through in the playoffs. Who's your Mets pitcher there? Uh, the Mets pitcher I went with once again. Um. There were not many of you would think, oh, yeah, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, but no, uh, DeGrom did have a solid start, you know, it was a quality start, uh, eight strikeouts. Uh, but the Mets pitcher who likely had the most successful, um, 
postseason run. And I want I want to give an honorable mention to Seth Lugo, who basically the entire postseason or uh, regular season didn't throw back to back days. Um, he still has that partially torn UCL that he's been playing with. Um, they would uh, they didn't really let him do as many multiple inning stints as he used to do. Um, but in the wild card versus the Padres, he pitched in all three games, uh, collected one save. Uh, but Trevor May, who spent most of the year hurt, appeared in two games, pitched two and a third innings, allowed only one walk and had four strikeouts, um, was likely, you know, the, the best relief pitcher to come out in that series. Diaz had an okay series, two games, two and two thirds innings, uh, only two strikeouts. And he did give up uh, three base runners, which was kind of out of the norm for Edwin Diaz. But Trevor May really posted a solid uh, playoff series, despite messing a lot of time, um, looked really good. And we'll see if the Mets bring him back next year. All right, moving on to the next wildcard game, Rays and Guardians. Oh, God, <laughs> you're struggling to find pitchers. Uh, I'm struggling to find hitters, but I guess the big one, Oscar Gonzalez with a 0.32 WPA. Uh, that is the most clutchiest of clutch uh, players that you'll ever see. Three for nine uh, in this series with a big home run. Uh, what was the big home run? It is definitely number one on the top 10 plays of the series. Game two, bottom of the 15th inning that scored tied 0-0. Nobody out. Corey Kluber on the mound, uh, and he hits a home run to left center field. Oscar Gonzalez does to win the game and the series game match blouses. Who is your um, Guardians pitcher? The Guardians pitcher I selected was uh, Sam Hentges. I, I don't want to butcher his name, yes. but I believe I already have. Um, lefty relief pitcher yes. uh, appeared in one game that series, but went three innings. And then in the eventual loss to the ALDS, in the or the loss to the Yankees in the ALDS, uh, he appeared in two games, went another three and a third. This time did give up a couple of runs on homers. Uh, but in six and a third innings in his first ever postseason, he struck out 10, had a whip right at one. And uh, yeah, lefty having fun in the postseason. I, I, Sam Hankies is a special guy for me. That's why I got excited because he ended up uh, helping me in a couple of my categories leagues this season. So uh, so that's why my I got perked up when I, you mentioned his name. So I'm glad that he's no. still that he's still getting some um, notoriety into these playoffs. My guy for the Tampa Bay's and Jesus Christ, the Tampa Bay's hitting nine total <laughs> hits. By the way, nine total hits for the for the uh, Rays in the series versus thirteen hits for the Guardians. So yeah, not like the Guardians were much better offensively in that yeah, series. So, well, <laughs> well, at least they got to double digits. The Guardians yeah. did. Did they have any walks? Six walks for the six walks for the Rays. Twenty nine strikeouts. That's awful. And Indians but, had three walks and 26 strikeouts. It's yeah, it's a, no, this was not a, a clinic for hitting. <laughs> no, it was hey, we can say it was bad hitting or it was just really good pitching. No, it's bad, bad hitting. This is like the Super Bowl between the Rams and the Patriots, where 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 the purest. Well, I'll I'll, I'll mention names. My buddy Matt Bush will say you people complain about the Super Bowl. It was a defensive struggle, and you guys have been spoiled with so much offense that you fail to realize and appreciate good defenses when you see them. No, man, that was a boring ass game. It's boring ass game with nothing happening and incompetent offenses. This is what this was. Guardians and Rays was the Super Bowl between the Rams and the Patriots, where Jared Goff is throwing to 
uh, empty spaces and empty windows. But Paredes, uh, Isaac Paredes, uh, he, in limited playing time, went two for three. So even though he only had three at-bats, he still had two hits, leading all Rays hitters with two hits. <laughs> and he only had three at-bats. <laughs> Awful. But in... That's you, not even you, worth... You know what cracks me up about Isaac Paredes is that when the Rays made that trade, sending Austin Meadows to the Tigers, everyone was like, what the hell are they doing? Like, you know, like if you're going to trade Meadows, at least get somebody good back for him. Yeah, and well, Meadows Paredes, has to be good. And, and, and Paredes ended up being like one of their best hitters this year. And yeah, it's like yeah. absolutely absurd because uh, he really struggled in Detroit. Like he looked like he was just another one of those Detroit guys that had like good numbers in the minors and then they get up to the pros and then they were just terrible. That's that ballpark, man. It's, it's yeah. just, it kills anything. Uh, and Paredes is also a former Cubs farmhand. And well, Paredes, the wildest thing about him is that, um, ah, oh, shoot. You know what? I forgot, but I forgot what his deal is. <laughs> cause I, I've been, I've been, I've been scouting him all season long. Cause everything, uh, uh, all his peripherals mentioned, uh, it just seems like he's a really good player and, and not just that, but he's like, um, I guess maybe the red flag is that he's an anomaly because he is able to make so much contact. Like he has like a ridiculous high contact rate this season. And at, at some points in the season, he was hitting nothing but home runs, literally yeah. nothing but home runs, high contact rate guy. Uh, but uh, he just hits dingers. Yeah. Almost a, th- almost a third of his hits were uh, home runs. He had 68 hits on the year. 20 of them were home runs. Um, Double digit walk guy can limit yeah. his strikeouts. Uh, I mean, 17.6 might be high for some people, but. No, in this day and age, it's that's well, good. that's well below average. <laughs> Excuse me. No. And then, uh, you know, what? go ahead and talk, Sean. I yeah, yeah, that. yeah. So, uh, Isaac Paredes, uh, the average, you know, in on base, only 205 average, 304 on base, but very good walk to strike out numbers. And like Felipe said, well, there was a moment where he was just hitting nothing but home runs. Uh, I did see, and I, I for the life of me, I couldn't tell you where. Um, on Twitter, somebody broke down um, his heat, heat map from Baseball Savant based on his swings. And it was the whole thought process on the Rays didn't change anything about his swing, but they changed his swing decisions. And he really focused more on middle and inner third of the plate and allowed him to uh, pull the ball more. And of course, pulling the ball more, hitting for more power. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, Isaac Paredes. Uh, who was a really interesting semi-success story. Like, I, I don't know how necessarily to describe his season uh, with the Rays. Because it is zany. I mean, you mentioned it, that they were telling him to uh, be more selective, but he was already a patient hitter to begin with. He doesn't – he rarely swings at, at bad pitches. He This year he posted a 39.8 swing rate, which that's ridiculous amount of patience. And, and and usually those those patient guys they have low contact rates because they don't swing at much so they have less opportunities to make contact. Well, not this guy. This guy, seventy six point eight outside the strike zone contact rate, eighty five percent contact rate overall. And and he, but he's only hitting two hundred five. I mean, you would yeah. think that that would at worst he could be like oh, I don't know Ben Zobers or someone. I don't know. Yeah. So but, he in uh, with baseball savant he was in the 90, uh, 95th percentile in chase rate. So really not going out of the zone in 90th percentile in whiff rate. So like you said, he made a lot of contact, which is weird because you would assume, hey, the guy who is making a lot of contact isn't going to be the guy that's hitting it for a 205 average. 
but five average. He, he, he just didn't hit the ball very hard. Yeah. It, and it wasn't like a, a huge fly ball thing. Um, I'm sh- assuming he got killed by the shift because uh, yeah. he did pull the ball a lot. Uh, he never went opposite field. Um, this is like, the weirdest profile. And, oh, yeah. So 205 batting average, 230 isolated power. Okay, so he was only shifted on 15% of the time, and he actually performed much better when he was shifted on. So very weird, but you can kind of see the makings of possibly some future improvement here. Um, Was great defensively in multiple spots Mm -hmm. um, for the Rays, and of course, they love their versatility. So um, a a possible piece here, definitely a possible piece. It is the weirdest thing ever. Uh, who was your race pitcher? Do you have one? Uh, the race pitcher was Garrett Clevenger. Mm. And Clevenger was a guy they poached from the... <clears throat> no, um, he spells it differently, and I'm trying to yeah. pull up his name. No, yeah. no, I was going to say yeah. no relation. Yeah, no relation to the one that got uh, bombed last night. But lefty, another lefty relief pitcher... Um, they got him for basically nothing. I want to say the Dodgers had DFA'd him. Uh, let me look. Uh, no, they, they traded him for Herman Tapia. That was a, a deadline deal um, okay. and this past season. And Garrett Clevenger, once again, if the Rays ask you for somebody who's a random guy in your system, t- take a second and just stop yourself and be like, okay, what did they see that we don't? Uh, Garrett Clevenger was awesome for the Rays this year. Um, 2.41 ERA in 18 innings, uh, 25 strikeouts, only allowed 12 base runners in those 18 innings. So, yeah, Garrett Clevenger. And then in the postseason, if I can pull up his actual postseason numbers this year, um, he pitched uh, in two games, went two and a third against Cleveland with six strikeouts, only one hit allowed. <clears throat> all for uh, like I think the guy that they traded him for was like a 17 year old reliever so <laughs> and that 17 year old reliever ended up being or outfielder <laughs> oh and that 17 year old outfielder ended up being Fernando Tatis Jr. okay <laughs> so let's see here. I mean it's an outfielder with the last name of Tapia so don't hold your breath <laughs> <laughs> uh on to the division series the Padres and the Dodgers obviously the Padres won that series the big bat in this one was Jake Cornenworth listen guys if you didn't know who Jake Cornenworth was before this playoff series you definitely know his name now at least Dodger fans finally know who he is seven for 16 uh in this series versus the Dodgers uh the highest WPA uh, when probability added 0.47 so he basically was close to 50 percent of the reason why the Padres were able to advance and of course uh, number one <clears throat> he got the number one top hit in this series game four bottom of the seven tied to three three with two outs runners on second and third versus Alex Vezia single to center yeah. field Kim scores Soto scores Corner worth it. Oh, was this the game where 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 Soto was given uh, a free pass to steal second base, and he kind of waddled his way over to? Oh, I've I have no clue. I watched absolutely zero games of that series because it was so <laughs> late at night, and I just had no like. I don't want to watch the Padres beat the Dodgers after they just beat the Mets. Yeah. Oh man, I can't. I I, I want to say that is the game, but I'm kind of I'm having doubts with myself. But yeah, there was a game where where uh, where Soto basically waddled over to second base because of uh, catcher indifference, in 
And uh, that, I, I, listen, I know there's two outs. You don't want to risk throwing to second base and then Kim scores that way. But either way, Soto ends up scoring anyway. And the Padres advance and the Dodgers don't. It's like, wouldn't that have been just like a really awkward stare off? Like he he acts like he's going to run down the second base and just stops. And then the catcher doesn't throw it. And catcher's just looking at the runner on third. And you're just like, like, because the ball is live. Like you can't call time with him in the middle of the uh, base path. Like this that is rookie rookie of the year here again. What, what's going on? Like Soto just if he just stopped and stood there, like what happens? <laughs> That's what I want to know. What happens? All right, who's your pitcher for the Padres there? The well, uh, kind of would have gone Nick Martinez again because I was just looking at total overall numbers. Uh, but for this series, I'll, I'll think quickly. Josh Hader, uh, three games, three and a third innings uh, pitched, one hit, one walk, six strikeouts. Um, Josh Hader's back, people. It's kind of wild, but he's back. Yeah, I was going to say the reclamation project known as Josh Hader. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't go with Robert Suarez, though, because apparently nobody in MLB Tonight's uh, MLB Tonight's uh, panel that night knew who this guy was uh, in the series. So they, this guy came out of nowhere, and, and, and we're like, oh, well, we did talk about that already in the previous episode where Austin and I were like, how do you, how, we, all we heard was Robert Suarez this past offseason uh, yeah. before the Padres decided to trade everybody for taylor rogers it seemed like and but anyway uh that's a good one josh Hader, uh reclamation project it looks like he is uh, in a comfortable place and maybe the padres he maybe this is the this is the offseason sean where he finally gets that long-term deal that i'm pretty sure he's been wanting this whole time so we'll see we will see uh not a lot of names for the dodgers uh even though they did get 30 hits in this series it, it was basically the same guys over and over again who were hitting everybody else was just kind of disappeared just trying to find a name here, uh, a good name that no one would know about. But I guess I have to go with Max Muncy. We're going to do reclamation projects. Max Muncy hit a dollar ninety six is twenty twenty two regular season campaign with a seven thirteen ops, well below what we're used to seeing from him. Uh, I don't know if it's anything to do with the elbow surgery he had to undergo last uh, this past off season or what, but he kind of he did show up in this one. Um, 286 batting average, three seventy five on base percentage, one four for fourteen with a home run and two RBI. Did his name show up on the list here? And I don't see him here, but he, like I said, he did hit that one home run in that Padres series. So if the Dodgers lost, it wasn't his fault. Uh, <laughs> and who is your Dodgers guy? Dodgers. Sure Dodgers. Oh, you want to take your guess? Uh, I was going to say, I don't know, Tyler Anderson. No, uh, another relief pitcher. I'm, I'm just doing another relief pitchers here, guys. Oh, uh, it's uh, Evan Phillips. Appeared yeah. in uh, three games, three and a third, one hit, one walk, six strikeouts. Evan Phillips was kind of uh, – a lot of people, I doubt you heard much about him this year unless you were a Dodgers fan. Or um, you just play crazy fantasy yeah, baseball yeah. like we do. So he, he pitched in 64 games, 63 innings pitched, uh, 77 strikeouts in those 63 innings. He had a 1.14 ERA. Uh was absolutely absurd. Uh, prob- the, the most consistent relief pitcher in their bullpen this year. Um, I will give a little shout out to both Alex Vesia and Yancy Almonte. Um, Yancy had an appearance. I think he ended up giving up two runs in two and a third innings of the series. But in one of those outings, he had like four or five strikeouts because he, he struck out six in those two and a third innings. I, I just don't know how it came to be. Um, but yeah, Evan Phillips continued his great regular season and parlayed it into more of the same in the playoffs. It just wasn't enough to uh, get his team to the next round. 
Yeah, people were mad. I think it was I think it was game one. Yes, it was game one where Dave Roberts pulls off Julio Urias after five innings and he brings in Evan Phillips and people are pissed that they're not going to get a chance to see more of Julio Urias in that game. Like, what are you doing? Why are you babysitting him? Why are you doing this? Why are you going to the bullpen? You're overthinking it. Why are you putting some bum ass relief pitcher? Like, do you not know who Evan Phillips is? Yeah, that's uh... what the hell is going on here. Anyway, that's my little rant. I'm going to switch it up on you. Let's go to the AL division series between Houston and the Mariners. Uh, and uh, oh, that's going to be a tough one for me because uh, Jordan Alvarez dominated for the Houston Astros. But hey, let's Jeremy Pena. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier on the show. Four for 16 in this series. But this big claim of fame was the gigantic home run he hit um, in game three, I believe. Game three uh, to get the Astros into the ne- into the American League Championship Series. In the top of the 18th, once again, Sean, late inning yeah. drama here. Top of the 18th, two full games have been played at this point. Game three, top of the 18th, nobody on base. And the sixth pitch versus Penn Murphy. I didn't even know he was a thing. Sounds Home- like a guy who, who would have signed the Declaration of Independence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Penn Murphy. Uh, Jeremy Pena hits a home run to deep left center field, propelling the Astros to a one nothing victory and this series. So, yeah, that was a very uh, close, tight games. All three of them were. But the Astros, you could tell that the resolve and their experience showed up big time against a very young, uh, unproven Mariners team. What about you? Who's your Mariners pitcher? Or your uh, Astros, Astros pitcher? Sorry, Astros pitcher. The Astros pitcher I picked was uh, Brian Abreu. Uh, appeared Ooh. in all three games. Of a really former like top prospect diamond in the rough. Uh, always had some control issues. I believe there might have even been a suspension in there somewhere, uh, but always had what was considered like elite level stuff. Um, this year, he he kind of finally put it all together, 60 innings, sub two ERA. I didn't realize he pitched that much in the regular season, but uh, versus the Mariners, three and a third, uh, only allowed two base runners on a hit and a walk, six strikeouts. Um, I would like to give an honorable mention to Luis Garcia. I didn't watch all of that 18 inning game because I'm not a masochist, Yeah, but the outing from Luis Garcia to come in in the 13th inning. Oh, yeah. And pitch five innings out of the bullpen. Amazing. Only gave up two hits, six strikeouts. That was honestly one of the most impressive postseason appearances I've ever seen in history. I mean, even like reading like that, that's that to me is up there with some of the stuff that Madison Bumgarner did. Because uh, just, just the stakes of that series as well, too. Uh, well, you don't want your stakes to be well done. You want to <laughs> medium rare, medium well, medium. Uh, no, it kind of reminded me of uh, 2018 when Nate Yovaldi came in uh, and yeah. pitched that uh, long in long inning game against the Dodgers in the World Series as well. But it's like I mentioned over and over again, man, the luxury, the absolute luxury to have a Luis Garcia on your bullpen is just immense for the Astros, and that's why they're they're probably going to be the heavy favorites to win the World Series this year. Which uh, I know Philly fans want to hear that because. When you doubt the Phillies or anything that's Philadelphia, that's when the loudest and most obnoxious fan bases come out. And the Philadelphia fans are definitely that. Mariners. And it's, and by the way, it's a term of endearment. Not really. But anyway, Mariners. So you're not, you're not going to believe this, Sean, but the highest WPA among all the regular uh, lineup, the regular hitting lineup for that team, 0.00. Oh. was Mitch Hanniger. Can we do better than Mitch Hanniger? He's uh, a, he, he is a free agent. 
no, it looks like we cannot do better than Mitch Hanniger. So Mitch Hanniger, uh, the injured, riddled, constantly hurt, always on the uh, IL. Mitch Hanniger went three for 12 in this series, <clears throat> had two walks, three strikeouts, one double. Uh, he didn't really do much of anything, but uh, he was by default. Yeah, he was there. <laughs> the Mariners' most consistent hitter. But you know what, Sean? I did see something. Top 10 play, game two, top of the fourth inning, down one nothing with one out, runner on first. Uh, after five pitches, uh, after seeing five pitches versus Fran Barrel Valdez, he takes a 3-1 pitch uh, to left field for a double, scoring uh, Suarez, or actually moving Suarez to third base. So he didn't even run, uh, batted him in. He just <laughs> moved them. Who the hell is Suarez for the... A- uh, a- a- oh, is that, yeah, the, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Forgot who I was talking about right for a second there. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mitch Hanniger uh, did... That was the one double I mentioned. So that's his double. It, uh, it, it created... It gave the Mariners a chance in game two. So there it is. And uh, who is your Mariners pitcher here? Uh, initially had just con- gone with the combined Matt Brash outings. Okay. Uh, but we'll pick somebody else here. Uh, it was kind of tough. Um, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll stick with Matt Brash and his okay. combined uh, you know, pitch two innings, two and a third, yeah. didn't allow any base runners, three strikeouts. Um, that combined yeah. with his outing in the last round. So, because everybody else, I mean, Luis Castillo, we know who he is, George Kirby. I mean, we could yeah. do George Kirby. Um, so George, Defin- Kirby. definitely not Robbie Ray out of the bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the move. <laughs> yeah, we're not. That's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, Andres Munoz, my guy, did not show up big in the uh, series. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he had like nine or nine or ten strikeouts in the playoffs, but did give up some runs. Uh, young guy, first time in the playoffs. Yeah, and, I, uh, I believe in him. I believe him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna freak out. Yeah, same. And you know, he's he's first full season back from. Uh, was it Tommy John or yep. some sort of, sort of yep. sure, uh, some sort of injury? Okay. Uh, speaking of the Phillies, we made fun of them. We made fun of their fans. So let's take a look at what they've done in the National League Division Series as they defeated the Atlanta Braves three games to one. And the big name that showed up, you're not going to believe this. It's a guy that we made fun of all season long. And we kind of uh, uh, trashed the Phillies for doing this. But it was Brandon Marsh with yep. a 0.31 WPA. Uh, Brandon Marsh hit 245 with a 679 pathetic ops this regular season. And in the playoffs, he went playoff mode. It was only two for eight, but those were some big two hits, including a home run with three RBI, two walks, four strikeouts. And let's go to the top 10 players. Where does his name show up? Yep. Number one, game four, bottom of the second, bottom of the second, Sean. So it goes to show you that even in the early stages of the game, the runs you score are just as important as a late inning drama that you, everybody wants to see, but game four, bottom of the second tied at zero, zero one out runners on the corners. Against Charlie Morton, the great Charlie Morton, Uncle Charlie and his curveball. Brandon Marsh hits a home run to deep right field. Alec Baum scores. Gene Segura scores. And does his name show up again? No, it doesn't. But that was enough of uh, to decapitate the Atlanta Braves and send them home to their mamas. Yeah. And, and what really seemed... Uh, because the game before, uh, and it's the number two in terms of top ten plays in a championship and uh, whatever. Yeah. But Hoskins in the third inning of game three hit that big three run home run off a of Strider. Uh, does the whole bike, sp- uh, bike, sp- uh, bat spike, not bike spike. Oh, God. Um, and late, it, no. it just felt like it, it, after that happened in game three, they were already up 1 0. They went up 4 0. And then in game four, uh, before the games even started, like that was a winnable game. It was a bullpen game, basically from Philadelphia. 
and Marsh comes out there, hits the three-run home run, and it just seemed like it took any life that Atlanta had. It just took it from them. I mean, because they were like, we're not going to win. And they played the rest of that game like they didn't think they could win. And it was pretty obvious. So uh, pretty like not only just in terms of the the math and the win probability added from Marsh, um, but kind of the emotional just release both for the Phillies and the burden for the Braves uh, was kind of evident in that play. Yeah, yeah, it um... – I don't know what happened to the. I mean, I ha, we have some ideas as to what happened to the Braves, and 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 you can listen to the podcast which uh, Austin and Jacob, where they go a little bit more in depth as to uh, you know what might have happened and occurred. I know that Austin was. Oh shit! Does that mean go. that we have to? No, 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 go, 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 go. Okay. <laughs> I know Austin and Jacob were talking about uh, how they look flat against the Phillies, especially in Philadelphia, and that they didn't want to be there. So there, there's those intangibles that people like to discuss and talk about. Uh, bottom line is, Philly showed up. The Braves didn't. It shows up in the numbers. And let's look at the Braves. So who did show up for the Braves? Uh, we have Matt Olson and Ronald Acuna at the top of the list on the WPA, but those are some decent names we all know who those guys are i guess i'll just go with an old favorite of ours travis darno yeah six for 16 with three doubles two home runs uh i oh i guess the wpa negative 0.02 oh he he struck out he struck out uh, he was the last out of that series so i'm sure that was like a a big knock on it yeah oh okay here we go because what can be worse than making the last out in the game like (laughs) But he does show up, uh, yeah, and, and maybe the, the the stuff that he was doing were, was kind of meaningless. But he did have a top ten play here, uh, game one, bottom of the second, down two nothing, nobody out, nobody on. Uh, the second pitch that he sees from Ranger Suarez hits it to deep left center field for a home run. So the Braves are up and running in that series, but they would ultimately lose seven to six in game one. Uh, who's your Braves pitcher? Do we have any bright spots there? Yeah, um, we were talking just before the show started. Uh, every single uh, pitcher that made an appearance in this series gave up a run except Kyle Wright and Jackson Stevens. Kyle Wright, of course, had the great regular season with almost 20 wins. Uh, no, he did have he had 21 wins. Uh, <clears throat> so we, uh, we want Jackson Stevens, um, right-hander, um, kind of a nice comeback story. Been out of baseball, the majors for a while. Um, two innings, one hit allowed, two strikeouts. Um, everybody else gave up one run at minimum, including guys like Rizal Iglesias, who was clutch for them down the stretch. Kenley Jansen, Dylan Lee, Colin McHugh, AJ Minter all um, ran into run problems during yeah. that series. Yeah. All right. We got one more series to go. That's all the time we're going to have this morning. We're going to miss out on the league championship series, but you know what? It's still in progress, Sean. So it's yep. fine. And then we got the world series to go. I don't know what the next show will be about, but let's finish up strong here. We go to the Yankees and guardians Yankees win that series, three games to two in a very interesting series that was full of rain delays and oh, <laughs> Yankee fans being pissed off at the scheduling. And you know what? This just proves once again, that all outdoor f- sports professional sports should just have domes just have domes already come on just do the domes just do the dome um it's a tough one man this because uh, the yankees are a big name team with big name players so it's hard to just pick one guy 
But if we're going to – oh, okay, okay, I got one. Harrison Bader, right? Remember that was the yep. one trade for the Cardinals. Yankee fans were up in arms like, why would you do that? Why would you trade Jordan Montgomery for some guy who's always hurt? And Harrison Bader ends up being the second most clutch guy according to the win probability with a 0.27 WPA right behind Anthony Rizzo's 0.30. In this series, Harrison Bader went 4 for 15. Three big, giant home runs, Sean. This is the guy that nobody wanted. Who wants a center fielder with a great A, great A, plus plus arm and plus plus glove in the center field? Who wants that guy and comes in and hits three clutch home runs, right? Who wants him? Nobody. Yankee fans wanted Jordan Montgomery, who's at home watching baseball right now. <laughs> uh, Oscar, I'm sorry. Harrison Bader's uh, big claim to fame in this series was uh, game four, top of the second. The Yankees are already up ahead, one nothing, uh, with uh, runner on first base against Cal Quantrill. Bader hits a home run to deep left center field, scoring Josh Donaldson. Yankees go up 3 nothing after two innings. And that was game four. And where is it? Game four. Okay. And the Yankees would end up winning four two in that game. Uh, and plenty of run support there for Garrett Cole as well. Yep. So there's my hitter. Who's your pitcher for the Yankees? The pitcher for the Yankees uh, was tough between two. You had both Clay Holmes and Jonathan Loisaga. Uh, Loisaga was probably their best guy out of the bullpen in terms of uh, championship when probability added. But I'm going to go with Clay Holmes. Because uh, Luizaga did go five innings, but he gave, gave up six hits. Uh, Clay Holmes, three and a third, no hits allowed, two walks, five strikeouts. Uh, and he's the local boy, so I, I always got to pick the local guy. <laughs> okay, good choice, good choice. And then we finish up, I finish up at least. Uh, who was the most important WPA guy on the Guardians? Jose Ramirez, but we all know who he is. Second on that list. Actually, third on the list is Oscar Gonzalez, despite the fact that he had $1.82 in that series. So Gonzalez, when he's not... Uh, hitting consistently he's hitting big time so yep. good for him but we're gonna go to an oldie but goodie steve kwan kwan hey. you know uh sean's uh uh love interest this offseason i know i drafted him in the uh, baseball life's uh uh fantasy league for a week and then i dropped him because i thought josh Lowe would have a better year i like josh Lowe's uh prospect profile boy was i wrong on that one mm-hmm. either way steve kwan 298 batting average with a 772 ops in the regular season, only six home runs. But in this playoff series, he went nine for 21 with one home run, two RBI, a walk, a strikeout, 429 batting average. And I'm pretty sure he's in somewhere in the top 10. No, he's not. But uh, I'm pretty darn sure that the reason that the Guardians even had a chance were able to push this series to nine or push this series to five games. What is this, 1917? Push this series to five games was because of the performance of Stephen Kwan. Yeah, I I'd agree. And I know you might. I know you love him a lot, so uh, I'm pretty sure you share the same sentiments. Who's your Cleveland Guardians pitcher? I'm sure you have plenty to choose from. Yeah, so um, I hope you do at least. <laughs> like like I said, I had just gone based off of total playoff numbers, but in this series, and since we're going series by series, I'm going to go with uh, Trevor Steffen. Uh, he went four and two thirds, uh, gave up no hits, one earned run on one walk, and in those four and two thirds, nine strikeouts. Uh, Trevor Steffen was a, a guy that was a um, monster. Yeah, he was great this year. Um, and I it's, know, it, it kind of it kicks me because I had been watching him ever since Cleveland picked him up from the Yankees in the Rule 5 draft. And it's last slow, year, the, last year he pitched to a 4.4 ERA, um, had a FIP of nearly five and a half. But the strikeout numbers were good. And 
he had a lot of things that were going for him. He had to give up a lot of home runs last year, but Cleveland kept them or kept him on their roster all year so that he would be theirs. Um, and he rewarded them for it this year. And of course, by then he was not available in my fantasy, my 30 team league, but uh, yeah, Trevor Stephan, really good guy. Yeah, and I think I ended up, I'm smiling from here to here because I know I got him in one of my leagues and I definitely, I, I want to say it was in the, uh, in the baseball life league, the, the, the categories league that we're in. And because I, I ended up getting both Sam Henges, a little bit of, uh, what do they call Shares of Sam Henges here, a little bit of share of Trevor Stephen there. And I'm looking it up right now on the fan tracks league just to double check. And I know we're running out of time, but just humor me for a little second here so I can, be sure of it and i don't see him ah it was sam Hedges. i thought it was trevor steven so trevor steven must have been in the other league then but still i mean you couldn't go wrong with a with a cleveland relief pitcher this season for for real i mean they were just so damn good and dominant all right man Thank you so much for doing this with me. I know you were short on time. Uh, I do appreciate that. Thanks for everybody who listened. Any last words from you, Sean, before I let you go? No, and I just hope the Astros win the World Series. Because <laughs> I, I don't want the Phillies to win. I don't want the Yankees Definitely. to win. I, granted, uh-huh. I wouldn't care if the Yankees won. I just know they won't because they can't beat the Astros. Um, and it's like I don't even have any. I hate the Braves more than I hate the <laughs> Phillies. But I don't want to have to listen to Phillies fans next year. So, um, yeah, let's go Stros. Yeah, and we definitely have seen an uptick on Astros fans <laughs> getting into the baseball life league. So they're ready to go, man. They are ready to just they. We we probably have the reputation that there's a Yankee friendly group or something. But oh, they're in for a treat if they if they think that. But anyway, I am Felipe. That is Sean over there. Thank you so much for listening to us. We'll see you next time. Adios. Okay. See you guys. <laughs>